All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, June 8th of 2023 here. The Canadian Open is underway. Good luck to all of you in your PGA contests uh, from, from now through the weekend here, Classic and Showdown slates. We have an NHL showdown later tonight. I know we have a five-game MLB early slate underway. Good luck to all of you in that. We also have the five-game main slate later tonight with NBA returning tomorrow. So a lot of DFS action now through the weekend here. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions can come in from support. You can reach us at support at sabersim.com. Questions come in live in the YouTube chat. Questions also come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it as always. If you are just stumbling on this show, are not joined up with Sabersim, but want to see what we're all about, we have a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial in the description of this video. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, to answer any and all questions we'll get to all the questions before the end of the show here but with that being said gonna get the app pulled up uh, i did have one follow-up from yesterday that i wanted to uh touch on so jim had asked said hey you know i'm on the standard plan and i can't see the detailed stats um there the the rules the stat requirements aren't popping up when i go to a group automatic rule so what i did find out is that basically if you cannot see the stats then you cannot create rules based on the stat requirements here so um i did suggest to jim you know if you want to see the stats want to see uh what the stat requirement rules are all about if you're on the standard plan you should have access to a seven day sabersim pro free trial under settings under my account so you can check out the pro plan get access to those stats get access to those rules, see if you like it. And then after seven days, your um, your subscription will revert to your previous plan. And then from there, you can upgrade if you so if you so choose. But uh, see a couple questions coming in in the YouTube chat already. Uh, we will get to all the questions before the end of the show, but I'm going to start with some questions that came in on in the um, Office Hours channel first here. So it looks like uh, really quickly, I want to hit on this one here from Jared. Uh, looks like some people got back to him. Thank you, wise guy, and um, for for responding to him. But yesterday, Jared asked, uh, is, "Is there a recommended video to watch for NBA Showdown slates?" So there sure definitely is, and uh, not only just NBA Showdown, but playoff showdown specifically here. So if you go to the YouTube channel, you go to playlists, you go to how to be NBA DFS in 2022 here. And this video, which Jordan released about a week ago ahead of the NBA Finals, crushed the 2023 NBA Finals with SaberSim here. I know our users have had a lot of success, which we've talked about here on the show, with uh, two two people winning $82,000 in Game 1 of the NBA Finals here. Uh, so check out this video and learn Jordan's tips and tricks for NBA Showdown in the NBA Finals here. But that was just a quick one, wanted to hit on. Looks like some people got back to him, but just in case anybody else had a similar question, wanted to cover that. And then jumping into our next question here, let me get Saberson pulled back up. Question says, uh, how significant is the lefty versus righty matchup or righty versus lefty matchups, batter versus pitcher? Uh, so good question here. Um, just to kind of like, 
a blanket answer is, is I don't think he really needs to worry about this. Um, you know, we understand what the rates are for, for batting average, for all of these advanced statistics, you know, for BA, BIP and, and, you know, Woba and, and all of these things, right. We, we understand what the trends are versus uh, righty versus lefty uh, for batter versus pitcher and, and all those things. So to the extent that we find those things, uh, important. We are accounting for those in the sim here. So I don't think you need to come into the app and search out uh, righty versus lefty hitters and like put them in a group or anything like that. You know, all of that is being taken into account. Um, you know, righty versus righty, lefties versus lefty. Uh, those players, you know, still get hits. They still produce, right? So it's important to work those in. Uh, that is not what I would consider like the best value add for your time here. I think that you can do a lot, a lot uh, more value add in your post build with like risk management and things like that. So I, I would, I would caution from spending too much time looking at you know righty versus lefty matchups, uh, etc. Here in the app. Okay, uh, quick one here from Phantom. I, I didn't want to talk about this one too long, but did not want to uh, ignore it. So question says, uh, question for Office Towers, how does SaberSim team feel about the release of Stochastic's content sim- contest simulator? Seems like SaberSim is already wired to do something similar. Since everything is simula- simulation-based, is there anything on the roadmap for adding a contest simulator into the SaberSim toolbox here? So really good question, Phantom. Uh, what I will say is that we are working on one very big and specific project that we've been working on for a while here now. Uh, it, it is getting closer and closer. I don't want to give away too many details about it here, but you know, on, on our immediate roadmap, this one specific project is at the forefront of it. And then we will see where we go from there. So I'm not too sure what comes after that project, but stay tuned. Uh, more information to come on that, hopefully in, in the following weeks and in, in uh uh closest close is close ish months here but that's that's kind of all i have to say on the saberson roadmap i'm really excited i think you guys are all going to be really excited for it when when more information comes out all right next question here from montero Montero said, Office Hours question, how do you prevent two pitchers from being paired on DK? I did some lineups that put two low-end guys together, which I did not want. Fixed it with manual adjust, but curious if I need to make a rule, and if so, can you demonstrate? So I definitely can. So let's go to uh, pitchers today. Let's say that you do not want to use the two lowest owned, uh, the two lowest projected pitchers in the same lineup. So let's do Matt Dermody and Drew Smiley. You're like, you know what? I just do not want to play these guys together in a lineup. I always want to have somebody with higher projection than those two. So all you need to do is go to lineup rules, go to add new rule, go to rule type group, selection method manual, and then we're going to say use no more than one. And then we are just going to check in these players. And then so now what I'm saying is like, hey, in every lineup that I build, you cannot use more than one of Dermody and Smiley together. They can only be used uh, separately here. So then that would prevent two specific players that that you do not want to play together from showing up in the same lineup. So that is how I would write that rule. And, you know, feel free to pause the video, take a screenshot, and recreate that yourself. Okay. Uh, 
I got back to Marky Mark specifically here. Going to skip this one. Uh, next question here from Scion Gaines. Question says, my question is, when selecting stacks, does your percentage have to add up to 100% to properly get calculated, for example, five different teams at 20% each? Um, so this is a good question. So the answer is no, that it's not going to add up to 100% exactly here. Uh, I'm just going to click into this build I ran earlier this morning. And the reason for that is that because you can have more than one stack in a single lineup, right? So we can have, you know, a, a two, 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 where these are four stacks, but they're all in one lineup, right? So if you go to team stacks and we were to just look at the top 20 lineups here, we're going to have 80% Houston, 55% Mets. So that's already 135%. Boston is 100, makes it 160 plus another 30%, 190% uh, stacks here. It's not super intuitive, but basically it just comes down to you can have more than one stack in a lineup. You could have anywhere from one stack to four stacks in a lineup. So this is not always going to add up to 100%. Um, one thing that I like to do personally when I'm building my, my MLB lineups is let's say that I want to take a stand on somebody like the Angels, right? Uh, you know, not getting any of them in my top 20, but maybe I think they're a good play for whatever reason, right? So I'm going to increase my exposure to the Angels. Uh, one thing that I think is important to check is go and see where the Angels stacks are coming from, right? If the builder does not want to play the Angels, then the builder is going to try and find a way to play, have the Angels have a minimal impact on your lineups, in, in my opinion here. So it might go and try and find a bunch of Angels 2 stacks. Say like, oh, this guy really wants to play the Angels. Okay, let's just like fit them in as a 2 stack, but we'll keep all the other teams that we really want in those lineups, right? So so this is exactly as I was saying here, right? We put in the all tab, we put 25% Angels. The builder said, hey, uh, let's just go and put all 25% in 2 stacks. And that's exactly what it did, right? That's just because the builder doesn't like them, but – uh, you know, maybe maybe your research has led you to believe that they're a good option for today's slate, right? So I would always do a check here. And then what you can do is like, you know what? I Of, of my 25%, I only want 10% to be two stacks. And then now you're even forcing the builder further to go and find other lineups, three stacks, four stacks, right? Maybe you say only, only 10%, three stacks, right? And then you have at least one big stack now, right? So, so now I have one Angels five stack. I have two angels, three stacks, two angels, two stacks. I like this distribution a lot more here. Uh, so just just be careful with uh, double checking the builder and not letting the builder get away with with sneaking in a bunch of two stacks here. All right, uh, last question in the Discord, and then we're gonna jump over to the YouTube chat here. And question from Kyle. Kyle said. If I want to build a bit more chalky lineups for a soft slate, would I leave uniques at one versus if I want to build a contrarian slate raising uniques? Okay, so this is a good question, and I want to clarify where the chalky versus uh, contrarian comes from and what min uniques does here. So I would not associate min uniques with more or less chalky. Um, the chalkiness of your lineups is really going to come 
from your Saber score here. So if we were to go look at uh, MLB small slate 100 to 1K uh, Saber score formula here, we're going to see that some projection is 0.5, percentile 0.5, and average adjusted ownership is negative 0.6. These are all the weights here, right? So 0.5, 0.5, negative 0.6. If we go and look at MLB small slate 50K plus entries, some projection goes down from 0.5 to 0.3. Uh, 99th percentile goes up from 0.5 to 0.7. And then average adjusted ownership uh, gets even a, a bigger negative weight from negative 0.6 to negative 0.9. So it is it is these weights here and this formula that is really determining uh, what lineups get raised to the top of your pool here. So fr- from this, when, when, when average projection is weighted higher, and average adjusted ownership has a smaller negative weight, that is what is going to lead to more chalky lineups at the top of your pool here, right? When we are when we are uh, weighting average projection more, we are weighting 99th percentile less, and then we are weighting average adjusted ownership with a smaller negative weight. So, so those are the key things that are going to determine what teams are in your pool, right? So, if you wanted, if you were building, you know, a 20 max, 10 to 50 K, you're like, Hey, I want to play, ch- I want to play chalkier. I would, I would lower the Sabre score. I, w- I would change your Sabre score to the next lowest entries here. So if you're on MLB small slate, 10 to 50 K drop it to MLB small slate, one K to 10 K. And then do you want to get chalkier, you know, go from one K to 10 K, go down to 100 to one K entries here. Right. And, and do something like that. Oh, and then if you want to play more contrarian, vice versa, right? Go from 100 to 1K and then go down. Go all the way down to 50K where the negative adjusted ownership weight is actually really high here, right? And then we can, we can see what impact this is having on our lineups uh, with just, just by looking at this, right? At 100 to 1K entries, we have 95% Houston, 40% Chicago. And then at 50K plus, the Mets come up to 80%. Houston goes down to 60%. Uh, Chicago stays about 35% here, but you see this big flip, right? From, from Houston to the Mets. I think the Mets are more kind of our leverage play here. Just looking at this top lineup, you know, all these Mets hitters, 5%, 4%, 4%, 5%, 5%, as opposed to um, what we see with, with some of these Houston stacks where I think these guys are just inherently a little more chalkier. Pena at 14%, Alvarez at 15%. Corey Jokes at 9%, Abreu at almost 6%, right? So so that, so that you can see the effect that just changing the Sabre score alone is having on what lineups come to the top of your pool and then what lineups go away from the top of your pool here. So that 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 is what I would use to if I wanted to adjust the chalkiness of my lineup. And then what Min Uniques is going to do is this is this is really what I like to consider like a variance tool here. It is a tool that you do not need to use, but is here to help you smooth out the variance of your lineups. So it is going to, you know, limit the amount of specific players that you get overall here. Uh, but but I think that I think that this is actually a really good example. So let's go back to mini uniques of one here. We're going to see that our top hitters are Bregman at 75%, Pena at 75%, Alvarez at 70%, and Corey Jolks at 55%. So we have four Houston hitters 
over 50 in over 50% of our lineups. We have Houston at 95% stacks in our in our 20 lineups. So 19 of our 20 lineups have a Houston stack. At min uniques of one. Let's let's just increase this to five, which is half of the lineups in our pool. So Pena goes to 60%. Alvarez goes to 55. Bregman goes to 55. Jokes actually goes all the way down to 35 here. So we went, we went from, I believe it was 75%, 70%, 70%, 55, four guys over 50%, um, and three guys over 70 to three guys over 50, but nobody over 60%. And then one guy all the way down to 35% here, right? So while, while maintaining 95% Houston stacks, right? I think that's the key here, right? We didn't, we're not playing any less Houston stacks. We're just changing the batters that we're playing. That's why Tucker comes up. That's why Altuve comes up. That's why Jake Myers comes up in exposure here, right? Now we're seeing higher exposure to Tucker, Altuve, uh, Myers. The builder is having to use more players from the entire Houston lineup here uh, because it likes them so much. So so what Uniques does is spread out your, your individual players like batter allocations here. We could also see what it does to our player pool, right? At mini Nix of five, we have a player pool of 51 players. And then at mini Nix of one, we have a player pool of 47, right? So it goes, goes up a little bit here. And then, you know, the further we would increase this, the bigger that pool would get. But, um, you know, this is, this is a various tool. This is helping to organically manage your exposures. It is not really doing too much for, the contrarianness or the chalkiness of your lineups overall. So stick with Sabre score changes for that. But really good question, Kyle. Happy to uh, clarify those points here. And I thought that was a really good discussion. All right. Jumping over to the YouTube chat. Uh, if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in. Question from the Nancy Drew guy. Haven't seen the Nancy Drew guy in a while here. Looks like he dropped this question in ahead of the stream. Uh, that's, that's always a great idea. So just for anybody who is, uh, you know, tuning into the show, likes to watch the show, doesn't catch it live. Maybe you have a question and maybe you're not in the discord for whatever reason. Uh, these streams are upcoming on our YouTube channel. If you go to our YouTube channel, you can see what upcoming streams we have. You can always click into one of these uh, videos and drop a question in the chat ahead of time here. It looks like that's what the Nancy Drew guy did. Drop this question in about like six hours ago. And, uh, you know, made sure that, that their question was going to get answered on the show. So I think that's great. And I'm um, happy to talk about this question, but Nancy Drew guy is, is an, is an OG here on, on the office hours channel of, of all things here. Uh, so question says, is there any generic rule or rules that you personally use all the time, no matter the slate MLB specific that goes the same for post build metrics here? Uh, so good question. So, one, the only rule that I use for MLB is the one-off rule that we talk about a lot here, where the rule says um, it's a group automatic rule. It says if at least one player group by team who has a home run expectation less than 0.1, then use exactly two players from the same team. So, you know, that rule is saying, hey, if there is a uh, player with a low home run expectation, I only want to use that player in a stack of at least three here, right? And that is a rule that I'm generally happy with. I don't really touch it. I just kind of set it and forget it. But um, I that's the only rule I use in my MLB lineups here. And then as far as, you know, post-build stuff here, 
Uh, I am sticking with Saber Score. I like Saber Score a lot. And um, what one thing that I do that that I might not um, always always check is uh, sometimes I forget to change like the entry limits here for for whatever I'm using, and uh, I'll just make sure that my Saber Score is like what I want it to be. So I would just come in here, check Saber Score, but I'm always using Saber Score. I love that we have so many options now. You know, we, we used to have one Saber Score for any and all sports here. Uh, now these are sports specific, right? We have MLB single game. We have all these MLB small slates, MLB large slates. You know, if you're building golf, we have a golf single. We have like a golf showdown uh, or like a golf specific metric. You know, our NBA metrics do not look like this, right? We have NBA specific metrics. So we've really taken a, uh, a, a good long look at Saber score and have started to treat it sport uh independently which is which is which is the best thing right you know lb is not the same as nba here so i i am very happy with saber score i think that the team has done a ton of testing and and back testing to figure out what these uh variables what variables should be included what the weights of these variables should be so i'm not using anything other than that at the moment here all right next question from noah noah said hey andrew can you stay how can you stay unique in a small slate like today's MLB DK slate surprise more dupes don't happen. Uh, so you know th this slate is is kind of small, right? It's it's five games, but really I don't think you need to worry about being duplicated in any slate that is either a showdown like a single game or a two game slate. I would say that you know this afternoon two game slate. I might be a little more concerned about being duplicated on this slate. So, so how do I say it? So duplication, the way, the way I've talked about it is that, you know, don't address it until it's a problem. Right. Um, but I'm talking about duplication specifically. I'm not talking about ownership or anything like that. If you go into our small slate single, our small slate metrics here, uh, average adjusted ownership is, is really high, right? We saw that in the example that we just did. We have a negative 0.9 weight on average adjusted ownership. So what, what this is saying, I'm sorry, on small slate, small slate, uh, negative 0.9 average adjusted ownership weight. That is saying like, hey, we want to get off of, you know, a lot of the chalk here and, and we want to take stands, right? That's why when we use that metric, we're getting a lot of the Mets at a four run total as opposed to they're actually the lowest run total on this slate, right? So so we're getting really contrarian with with those Mets stacks. And we saw their ownerships all around 5% here. Um, I think that Sabre score and the negative adjusted ownership weight is going to handle all of the fading that you need for a smaller type of slate. I think that, you know, where you when you need to go this extra step of manually intervening is on showdowns, you know, NBA showdown, MLB showdown, NFL showdown, MMA, NASCAR, uh, any of these sports where the player pool is, is small, is relatively small. I would say like maybe around like 40 players is, is where I would start to think about it. But even for golf, you know, big 150 golfer field, like I'm not, I'm not worried about it in that sense. So I would say let average adjusted ownership, take care of the contrarianness that you need for these small MLB slates. But I don't think that you're going to need to do anything specific for duplication unless it's a single game, possibly 
a two game slate. Uh, but I wouldn't worry about it until it smacks you in the face, right? So, so don't don't adjust for dupes in a two game slate until you you win the slate and you're duped twenty times, and then like okay, you know maybe next time we should we should look at that a little closer. Uh, Kurt said earlier, a lot of good content on the YouTube site. Yeah, man, I, I really think there is. You know, we try and do uh, this season by season content for MLB for NBA. You know, um, next big sport on the horizon is is football here. And uh, we try and bring new things to the table each and every season and help users throughout the year here. So we, we uh, have a lot of content on the YouTube channel. I think a lot of it can get lost along the way, but um, I think watching some of that stuff, even if it's a little older, six months, a year, uh, et cetera, I think there's still a lot of good tidbits and and nuggets in that material that you can find and uh, use in your lineups even today. All right, next question from Noah. When can you run initial builds for MMA? Is it best to wait until right before lock? Okay, good question here. So for for MMA, so usually um, the last bits of data that we need to post projections come in uh, sometime Thursday afternoon here. So this should be, we should have initial projections by like Thursday night, Friday morning, I would say. And then usually we get one last uh, odds update over the course of Friday night. So I would say anytime Saturday morning, you should be perfectly fine to build lineups and you shouldn't see a lot of change unless, unless fights get scratched or, or something happens with the slate specifically here. But I think anytime Saturday morning, you should be fine to run your lineups for the day. And then, you know, all things, uh, all things staying the same, you know, not worry about it after that. All right. Uh, getting down to the last couple of questions here in the YouTube channel. So if anybody has any last questions, now's a great time to get those in. Noah, I was asked yesterday, but wondering if you can expand on how NBA takes full season projections instead of the last 10 day or final series minutes and projections. It seems wrong to not bump up Braun and love based on their minutes recently. Uh, okay. So yeah. So the way this works is we have, uh, what are called like decay rates here. So those are those are weighted. So basically, we are always weighting recent data more than data that is you know weeks or months away or or season long data or career long data. Right? We we understand how all of these players have played in a short amount of time over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of months, over the last couple of years, right? Or however long their career is. So so I don't want to give the impression that we are not taking that into account, but it is hard for a model to completely forget all of the data that it has on these players over these periods of time. Right. And the hard part is that, you know, we are looking at uh, what three games for, for the NBA finals, right? Like that is it. Uh, You know, the the biggest thing with data usually is sample size and uh, how much data you have. Right. And so it's, it's really hard for the builder to just, have like all of the weight on these last three games, uh, it's going to basically, that's going to be a component of it. That's going to be a bigger weight of these uh, projections that we're getting. But ultimately, you know, that other data gets gets factored in. And that is why I think that in these very uh, unique situations like the NBA finals, like the playoffs in general here, doing some manual adjustment two minutes to account for that uniqueness here is something that you can do. So I, I don't think our minutes projections are are terrible or off or anything like that. I just think that they're they're different. And if you are watching the games and you're paying attention to 
coaches quotes and watching interviews and understand, you know, what, what adjustments the heat need to make to, to win game four and where they got, you know, uh, really hurt last game. Right. Uh, what is, what is the coaching staff going to do to account for that? Right. If, if you are, uh, you know, hand in the dirt, trying to figure those things out, I think there's value to be added, right? So pay attention to those things. I think that you can gain some edge by doing that. Uh, we are, you know, obviously taking into account that data, but we are not making game by game huge swings with our projections, I think is like the overarching uh, sentiment here. All right, A-game said, if I didn't want to play opposing pitchers because only one of them can get the win, what is the best way to create a rule to prevent that? Great question. So, uh, just 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 a side note here. You know, technically, no pitcher, like technically, a starter is not guaranteed to get a win, right? Let's say the game is two to two in the sixth inning, and both players come out. Uh, the win is going to move to the bullpen, right? So, so just be a little careful with that train of thought. You know, starters are not guaranteed to get a win. I think I think relief pitchers get a win uh, very very often here, especially any type of lead change after the starting pitchers exit the game uh, comes into account. But if you wanted to create a rule that said, you know, I don't want to play any two opposing starting pitchers against each other, what you would say is you would say group rule, you would do automatic, you would group by game, and then you would say use no more than one pitcher, and then you would uncheck all of these positions here. So what this rule says, it says, hey, use no more than one pitcher from a game. And then if we save this as a manual rule, you could save this and then you could see what these rules say, right? So click this drop down, open up the rule, and then it's saying use no more than one. And it actually goes and grabs all the pitchers, including relief pitchers, uh, and puts them in a rule here. But basically, you know, you have, I, I think Drew Smiley is starting today, and I think Reed Detmers is starting today, and they are part of this rule, which is ultimately what you need to know. So that is how I would write the rule. So go ahead and, you know, pause the video on that rule here take a screenshot and recreate it, but that is how you would do it. But I wouldn't get too hung up on that wins thing here. I think wins are, um, I don't, I don't know how predictable wins wins are here with lead changes and with starters getting removed, um, et cetera, et cetera here. All right. Uh, we are all caught up with questions in both the discord and the YouTube chat here. So before we get out of here, I'm going to, um, hang around a minute, wait for any last questions to come in here, but just want to let you guys know if you guys are not playing over on owner's box, you should be right. The contests continue to overlay over on owner's box. You could find overlay contests, rake free contests, reduce rate contests. The competition on owner's box is softer than what you were going to find on DraftKings, FanDuel and Yahoo. And when you use promo code Saber or Saberson, when you sign up, you get a $500 deposit bonus, and we will automatically track your entry fees where you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing on Owner's Box and nothing else. When you reach uh, the different uh, thresholds for earning a free month, we are going to reach out to you. If you accept the offer, then we are going to reset your tracking to zero, and uh, then you will just start accumulating more entry fees, and you can earn as many free months as you can. There is no limit on the amount of credit that you can earn here. But that being said, we'll be right back here tomorrow for our Friday show. If anybody is building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the office hours channel. 
Let it sit there until tomorrow. Gets us a steady queue of questions to get started with at the beginning of this show here. So I always appreciate questions at the beginning here while people continue to tune in, get those uh, DFS thoughts flowing and questions start to roll in live in the YouTube chat. But until tomorrow, everybody, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.